Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane, the ordinary. One thing we can promise is that our conversation will be less than fascinating, so you can feel free to drift off. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano, and joining me... We have a special guest, Mide Jelena. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Thank you for having me. Um, we're broadcasting this or recording this podcast from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And uh, I was trying to get to Red Deer to record a podcast there. But unfortunately, my flight arrived late and I wasn't able to make the connection that I needed to make in Red Deer. And I had all the equipment with me, and I was very fortunate that Mede said she would jump in and record an episode with me. So I am so grateful, and it's so lovely to have you on today's podcast. Now, Mede, you and I, first of all, it's both our first time in Edmonton. It is. And uh, I don't know what you expected to see when you came from Edmonton. But I had been to Calgary before, and so I was expecting to see mountains and to see, I don't know what, but Edmonton's not like that at all. It's not. What's interesting is you picked me up uh, from the airport, Mm -hmm. and do you remember when we were driving, what you said to me? Yeah. If you could just tell our listeners... uh, but there was nothing really exciting that we were going to see. And then you pointed out yeah, this, one, one hill. The, this one hill, and you mm-hmm. said that's the only hill that I found yeah. in Edmonton because it was it's, it's so flat. It's uh, just so flat. <laughs> I certainly wasn't expecting that. No. But what I was really pleasantly surprised with yeah. is how warm and lovely and welcoming the people of Edmonton are. Definitely. Did you find that? It's true. Yeah. We had a chance to go out the other night and yeah. uh, grab a bite to eat. Yeah. And both you and I ordered the French onion soup. Yeah. So we got to talking about soups. Yes. And you're a big fan of soup. Yeah. Describe what makes a great soup for you. 
to me, definitely a soup has to be comforting. I think that's the whole point of soup. And then I feel like there's a soup for every season, for every occasion. Sure. Um, every soup comforts you in a different way. Right. Uh, what got us talking about soup was that onion soup we both were craving for because we needed that warm feeling sure. but also that good taste what makes a good onion soup for you or a, i should say what makes a great french onion soup and you're from montreal yeah. and your background is french yeah <laughs> so um and i'm from toronto we're both doing this podcast from yeah. edmonton so yeah. it really we're really bridging parts of canada definitely here but describe to me what makes a great french onion soup I think we both agreed that the broth is really important. Mm -hmm. It has to be thick, has to be flavorful. Not only the herbs, but also I feel like sometimes they put some wine, white wine or some alcohol in it. Right. Um, which gives it flavor. I feel like the one we had was not that flavorful. How important is the cheese in your French right. onion? Because I felt The one we had the other day didn't have enough cheese. It has to have plenty of cheese. For me, it has to be when you put your spoon in, by the time the spoon goes from your soup to your mouth, there should be a string of cheese that is following you from the soup bowl to your mouth. Definitely. And along that string of cheese should be dripping French onion soup onto my lap. <laughs> That that's how I feel. I totally agree. There should be cheese in every bite. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And what about the bread or the croutons? Is that important for you? It is very important. <laughs> I think it has. Of course, it's gonna get like wet. Sure. Because uh, it's in the soup, but it has to be not too moist. Just still a bit um, crispy. It can't be soggy. It can't mm -hmm. fall apart. It has to have some texture to yeah. it right you know it's interesting because a french onion soup doesn't have many ingredients in it no so you'd think it would be relatively easy Simple. and yet so many places just don't do it right mm -hmm. what's another soup that you really like i like every kind of soup mm. i think um My brother is a big soup fan as well. So really? every time he would make something to eat or receive people for Christmas for any occasion, he would make soup for as the entree, right? Um, What soup does your brother do really well? And, we, and should we mention who he is in case he's listening and yeah. give him a little shout out? Uh, so my brother is Laurent. Mm -hmm. um, he makes amazing butternut squash, Yum. ginger. It's his favorite. Um, he's been perfecting the art of that soup for a long time. Really? What does he do that makes that soup? Because I can see your eyes light up when yeah. you mention the soup. What does he do <laughs> that makes this soup so great? I've never actually watched him okay. through every step because mm -hmm. that's just his specialty. Mm -hmm. But I can say he never makes it the same way because oh. he's really, um, he's really trying different stuff every time. That's just how he cooks. Every time he's going to try a new ingredient, sure. a new way of doing it. So it's always surprising. Sometimes it's way too thick. Right. It's more of a, of a puree than a soup. Okay. So we make fun of him. 
<laughs> well, you know, I hope one day I get a chance to try Laurent's soup. Yeah. Um, I know he's in northern Quebec, right? He, he lives is, in northern Quebec. Yeah. Um, so who knows? Maybe one day the podcast will end up well, going there and exactly. I can have some of Laurent's soup. So Laurent, if you're listening, get ready to make some soup for us. <laughs> um, now, here's something that was I found very interesting the other day when we had our French onion soup. Yeah. Did you notice that the spoon, it seemed more like a, what would you describe, like a... I think you called it a shovel. A shovel. It was very appropriate. It was the weirdest thing. I've never seen one like that. Because I like, <laughs> I like my cutlery to have a classic shape classic. to it. So the soup, you know, the soup spoon tends to be very circular. Very circular. And... In particular, for French onion soup, mm -hmm. which has pieces of onion, mm -hmm. should have cheese, bread. You need a spoon that's going to be able to hold that. This one here, it kind of had more of a shovel yeah. meets a spade kind mm -hmm. of feel to it. I didn't enjoy using that. No, it was not easy using it because the end of it was kind of squarey. Uh, it was not a spoon to me. No, no. It, it seemed like something you would use to scoop sugar out of a yeah, sugar bowl. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of weird. Hmm. What's your favorite cutlery to use? Is there a spoon or fork or something that that is your favorite? Because I'll tell you what my favorite is. Yeah. Mm. I think... It's funny because recently I came across the history of cutlery, and really? I think I think the fork was the first one. No, the knife definitely was the first one to exist. Um, but then I think it was the fork, and then the spoon. So there's one you need more than the other, obviously. Sure. Um, for me, I think it's the fork. Okay. But tell me something interesting that you read in that book about cutlery. Can't remember. That's the thing. Sometimes you read stuff, you come across articles and everything, and you don't remember where they came from or what did they say. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't remember. Okay, no problem. My favorite yeah. utensil yeah. is, and I don't know if I've mentioned this on a previous episode, because I'm sure Nitty, who's in Toronto right now yeah. and lamenting that she's not here with us is probably going to say to me, Marco, you've mentioned this already, but I think it's worth mentioning again. It's the grapefruit spoon. Oh. Now, you know, the grapefruit spoon oh, yeah, is, has, has, has a little serrated yeah. or like um, spiky ends to it, which allows you to dig it right into yeah. the grapefruit, especially if you section it off. And um, I think it's it serves such a unique and specific purpose. It has such an interesting look to it mm -hmm. that it's my favorite favorite it's utensil. Funny. It's funny that you say that because we had some at home when I was growing up, and it would scare me. Oh, really? Grapefruit spoon because we would use it very like uh, rarely oh, rarely mm -hmm. so it was kind of i'm not gonna say rusty but i mean less shiny than the other ones who would like go through the dishwasher every sure. day so i was always wondering what was that utensil what was it for mm -hmm. and 
kind of scared me with all these spiky things. Isn't that funny? We had an interesting utensil, and as a child, I was always fascinated yeah. by it. And it was a little hook-like utensil. And so I would ask my mom, what is that used for? And it was for, and it's funny, I should mention this because you're French, um, for escargot, uh -huh. to remove it from the shelves. Yeah. And so for those uh, listeners who don't speak French and might not know what escargot is, it's snails. Yeah. So it was a utensil used for taking the snail out of protein there. out of the actual mm -hmm. shell. And uh, I guess that's not used very often anymore because uh, the escargot that I've had, they're out, of they're out of the shell already, which is a shame because... Mm -hmm. It indicates to me that they're they could be from processed, a can or yeah, yeah processed or or whatnot. You mentioned herbs before and mm -hmm. how your brother Laurent uses certain herbs. What's your favorite herb? It's very difficult to say because then again, everything has a specific purpose. Sure. So there's some recipes you eat that if you're missing that specific herb, it won't be good okay. or taste the same I think I'm gonna go with basil because that's the most like um worldwide <laughs> sure you can put it on anything it will improve the taste you can even put basil I don't know if you've had this people are doing now they'll get water mm -hmm. and they'll put it in a jug yeah and then they'll I think it's called infusing mm -hmm. with different vegetables and herbs mm -hmm. and I've seen basil you know, a lot of these waters with citrus or with other herbs, it seems to be an extremely versatile yeah. uh, herb. I've done, um, well, the actual leaves you're mm -hmm. talking about, yes. basil leaves. Done it in some, like, some sort of drinks, sangria, really? or whatever, basil, strawberries, really good together, just infused in some water, gin, whatever. It's really good. Yeah. That's awesome. I love a simple salad yeah. with basil, yeah. tomato, and cheese. Exactly. A little bit of olive oil. Yeah. And both you and I like our freshly ground pepper oh, yeah. to be a coarser grind. Exactly. Um, I hate it when it's that just powdery no, pepper or like the pepper that comes in. crunchy. You taste it. <laughs> we have been traveling across Canada for the last little bit, you yeah, and I. Yeah. Do you have any travel routines that you have when you go into a different city or a hotel room that is something that you like to do as soon as you get there? What is your routine, let's say? I really like to unpack because mm -hmm. uh, you don't really feel at home in a hotel room. So you need to get like your stuff out of that suitcase, especially when you're going to stay there for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, when it's only for a few nights, I don't bother getting everything out and then in too much trouble. Sure. So you keep do you keep it in the in the in suitcase? suitcase? Okay. But then if I'm gonna stay for a week, I really get put everything into place. Sure. I use the drawers. I right. use everything, but then I don't have any like specific thing I do. But I know you do with your diffuser you've talked about yes I have, I have we talked about on a previous mm -hmm. show the diffuser that i use the little drops from sage yeah. that store that we both uh like i also found that um recently i discovered that you can buy little spray bottles of alcohol mm -hmm. 
So now I travel with one. And what I do is I take that little spray bottle as soon as I go into the hotel room and I spray every little knob or light switch or remote control for the television. I spray it down with this alcohol. Mm -hmm. I let it sit there for 20 seconds, 30 seconds. And then I'll take one of the um, face towels Mm -hmm. from the hotel and I'll just wipe it all down and then I'll put that face towel to be cleaned and not use it again. But then once I do that, I feel so much more at ease. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I should start doing that. Smart. Mm -hmm. It's very smart. Then you feel more at ease because you don't think about it after all the bacteria is in my head. Right. It's it's a nice way to sort of make the place yours. I also like to have my own soap. Uh Uh-huh. I do that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you bring your soap from... Oh, yeah, definitely, because then in the hotels, you never know. It's always, like, I won't say cheap, but not that much of quality products. Right. shampoo, for the soap, or everything. Yeah. And sometimes they're small. Like, I find the soaps to be very uh, small in size. Easy to use, yeah. Exactly. I like to have a bar of soap that I can really hold on to. Mm -hmm. A big, thick... Manly, I guess, is is a word I use, even Mm -hmm. though like my wife uses it. It's not in any way gender specific, (laughs) but um, I just like a big bar. What do you look for in your soaps and shampoos? I also like a big bar. I've Mm -hmm. been, um, I've had very um, dry skin problems recently, so I've started using the the Dove soap, but like the white one with nothing. Nothing in it, no scent, no nothing. And that works for you? And it does work well for me. So that's the one I've been using since then. It, um, it's interesting. That's the one that you see on commercials that they use a pH strip and they yeah. say the Dove bar is the purest and yeah. the cleanest. So you find it works really it well. It does. I actually didn't think Dove products were that good. I was going with more natural stuff. Right. Um, like handmade, so- handmade soaps and right. everything. But... I went to a dermatologist who recommended that to me and said it's even better than all the natural ones. So So you're a big fan of the Dove? I'm a big fan of it, so I've been traveling with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel it's very important also as part of a routine to have your own products. makes you feel at home. Your shampoos, what, what do you look for in a shampoo or a conditioner? Very natural stuff for okay. that, yeah. Um, so no, like, fake products or whatever. I really look into the ingredients. I have one with uh, essential oils, oh. and it's really good. And what, what oils are they? What scents are they? What uh... I think it's a mix of rosemary and something some like that. It's really good, because um, I feel then again that every everything they provide at the hotel just leaves you dry. Right. Right. And you know, I think that's a great tip for our listeners. Yeah. Um, from people who, like us who have traveled quite mm-hmm. a bit, it's these little sort of oh, travel nice. tips. And Mide, you know, it's interesting because our program is listened to not only by people who um, are trying to find their way to sleep, yeah. but it's also listened to people who are on airplanes yeah. who want to relax. So if you are traveling, one way to make you f- yourself feel a little bit more at home is to bring some of these um, 
products from home yeah. that make you feel like you're um you have something to remember from home mm. and a product that you enjoy using or that is yeah. good for your skin exactly. is definitely something you want to take yeah this leads me to something that i meant to say on a yeah. previous podcast that i haven't we received a review mm-hmm. on itunes and i just want to take this opportunity to read the review oh, yeah. uh it is from w janae okay and this person says about the insomnia project This isn't a podcast that is so completely boring it will put you to sleep, but rather one that is so soothing it will put you in such a chilled state of being to the point where after an episode is done you will feel inspired to be still and rest. The host purposely, I assume, not the... Uh, sorry, the hosts choose topics that are seemingly mundane and purposely, I assume, not overly intellectually stimulating. The thing is, listening to them speak in gentle tones and share their genuine thoughts on experiences is really enjoyable to listen to. It doesn't feel dumbed down. While I was drawn to this podcast because it seems like a novelty, I've subscribed to it because I think the concept is brilliant and Marco and Nitty host well together. So that's the review we got, which is a stellar wow. review. And I want to thank, uh, yeah, thank you. I want to thank uh, Janae uh, for that. W. Janae, I should say. Um, uh, we certainly don't dumb it down, but we try to just talk about. Yeah. I feel like it's exactly what this podcast is very well described. Oh, well, thank you, Mide. I don't mean to bring this up to get you know pat pat myself on the back or get compliments i just wanted to acknowledge our um, listener who put that review and i invite our listeners to subscribe on itunes as well to write a review we always love hearing from our listeners uh midday so before we recorded the podcast Mm -hmm. i made you a tea yeah tell me what you think it's very good it's very good i love tea Especially, this one is a rooibos and Earl Grey. Mm. I've never tried that mix before, but I love rooibos, so I think it's a good mix. Mm. And you take your tea and your coffee black. You don't... Is that how you say it in French? Um, uh, Like, how do you say if a person doesn't take anything in their tea? Noir. Noir. So you do say black. It's interesting. um, Nidhi, who's not here, my co-host, is from Montreal. Okay. And... uh, I often refer or lean on her for French words whenever we happen to say them, right? But she is um, an English speaker mm-hmm. who also speaks French. But she'll often look at me and say, you know, Marco, you're, sometimes you ask me very complicated things and either it takes me a moment to recall them yeah. or it's beyond the scope of, you know, what you remember. So now I think I'm going to have to call on you. When we need translations, I hope you don't mind. No, I don't mind. Uh, that's a beautiful scarf you're wearing. Thank you. Uh, where did you get it from? So that's a funny. My uncle uh, brought me brought it, brought it back for me from India. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's actually a sec- second language teacher. Oh. Um, he teaches uh, French to. Uh, to people who come from other countries mm-hmm. he does have a lot of indian students so he does teach in montreal 
So then he figured he should have a trip to India. Right. Um, to learn more about their culture. <laughs> so that's what he did. And then he brought us back a couple scarves and we had to pick one from all the scarves he brought back. And my mom couldn't decide. Okay. So she had two. <laughs> and I got that one. Uh, tell me a mo- about a moment uh, that you recall fondly of this particular uncle and what is his name uh his name is stefan mm-hmm. um we're getting to know your whole family I on know. today's podcast <laughs> we say a special hello to your uncle stefan but yeah, yeah tell my uncle stefan is much younger than so he's the brother of my mom mm-hmm. he's much younger than her mm-hmm. um he was born when she was 12 years old so she's always been like a mom to okay. him so so was uncle uh, how, what do you call him first of all like I do you call, call him Stefan you know yeah. you don't call him uncle no. in French you just call him Stefan yeah because to me he never was like old enough to I be see. my uncle he okay. was like in between you I know? see okay I have a couple of young uncles yeah. as well so sorry I didn't mean to cut you off continue please oh no so the memories I have from him we always have like these deep conversations mm-hmm. I really like to learn about the people we deal with every day I think sure. it's very interesting what he does uh, he's really helping people to integrate and to feel comfortable in this new society they sure. come in. So I think it's very admire- admirable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's important that we say a special, you know, salute to your brother Laurent. Yeah. Your <laughs> uncle, Stefan. Uh, I think we should say hello to your parents, too. Uh, not to leave them out. If you want to, please feel free to say Definitely. S- say uh, something to them. Yeah. Um, my parents, um, I mean, I have a very good relationship mm-hmm. with them. To me, they've always been more of friends than parents. Okay. We really understand each other very well. I get along. Uh, they never had, like, I've never been in that phase where I, hated them sure. because they've always been there's so still nice. time <laughs> i'm <laughs> kidding <laughs> how is your relationship uh with your family oh, your uh you know it's interesting so um my sister is seven years younger than me mm-hmm. and growing up when she was born i was very proud to have a baby sister and then growing up we had a bit of a tumultuous kind of relationship because she was so much younger and then once she got married and moved on her own mm-hmm. and had kids our relationship really oh, yeah. grew strong and I call her every single day and I talk to her and I, if you would have told me that when I was in my teens I never would have believed it well Mireille and your entire family I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today here in Edmonton and having a delightful conversation with me thank you so much thanks to you always yes. delightful conversation with you and I will say merci beaucoup merci as always the Insomnia Project is produced by Drumcast Productions, and we are broadcasting today from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. <laughs>